Ladies and gentlemen, wonderful people of the universe, we're back after a week hiatus. You know, life kind of throws curveballs at you, but when you're strong and you're willing, you just keep pushing through it. And that's what we do with the 301 on the podcast, episode 86. And we are live a little bit later than usual. It's like 9.30 p.m. Wednesday night. Sorry, Tuesday night. I'm tripping. I'm thinking a day ahead. Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. We're doing our thing. This is about to be a kind of in and out. But we got a lot we got to discuss. I got the full gang with me. Say what's up to the people, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? Arsenal stinks again. Hey, at least football week starts Thursday. So, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. But all right. So... How would you guys describe Serena's opening round performance at the U.S. Open? Think about Kobe Bryant's final game at Staples Center and kind of magnetize that. I mean, multiply that by like five and you'll get this whole Serena craze. Like it was actually no, like it was it, it wasn't as great as Kobe's send off because Serena didn't win. Like Serena's not still in the U.S. Open. She's not going on this run to win her 24th major. But when you want to think about how electric it was to just watch, and I can only imagine what it was like to be there, um, I would compare it to Kobe, to a Kobe send-off. But I will also say this. And I've said it on here before. Number one, I thought Serena was going to retire like two years ago. I thought she should have been retired. But she didn't, obviously, you know, obviously. And then even still, she hasn't been playing well, you know, in the tune-up matches leading up to this U.S. Open. So I was thinking she was going to get ounced, ounced in a... The first um the first round. So really, this whole thing just surprised me. And I was just happy to see Serena being Serena. And in that final match that she that she had against Tom Janovich, you could tell that she's not the same as what she used to be. And it's just so weird. Like I like I I've been alive for 20 four years she's been playing tennis for 25 I literally remember waking up watching sports center or going to my grandmother's house in the tennis and tennis with what I'm beyond and watching Serena and it would just be like you just knew she was going to win her losing was it just wasn't heard of to think of Serena Williams losing a tennis match. So it's been a bit of a weird experience just to see her go out in a loss. But nonetheless, I'm proud of what I saw from her, you know, in this final major tournament and this little send off for, for, for her. Darian said all I was going to say regarding the match 
But let me tell you how great of an athlete Serena Williams was. Serena Williams was the reason why everybody was watching, like everybody was watching tennis, bro. Think about it. Just think about it. You had um you had baseball on. You had WNBA playoffs on. I think for the last match, there were even football games on. And people chose to watch tennis over all of that because of Serena Williams. Serena Williams was so great that her brand, her image just transcended her sport, transcended her genre. Because let's be real, if you don't, like, if you don't know not one other, like, if you don't know any other person in tennis, you know Serena Williams and you know her sister Venus. She, she inspired little girls all around the country, especially little black girls, that they could do anything that they put their minds to. And she answered, and she did this all, and she did this all after her start as a black girl herself playing in a an extremely white sport with beads in her hair. So she had to deal with all like with all the racism, with all the stuff we know about and stuff I really like if we don't know about it, if it's probably for the best, like the messages she may have gotten. And she persevered through all of that, man. Because let's put this in perspective. If it wasn't for Tom Brady, people would still watch football. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan, people might still watch basketball on, on account of like Kobe Bryant and Magic Magic Johnson. Like Kobe Bryant after him, Magic Johnson before. Uh, uh, if it was uh, that, if that it the, the MJ is, is, is calm. But if it wasn't for I, if it wasn't I, I, for Serena Williams, if it wasn't for Serena Williams, wouldn't nobody watch tennis? That's her impact. I can finally go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was um looking at the match when um I believe it was on Wednesday or Thursday when she played, but um Arthur Ashe Stadium that stadium was packed. Not only was it packed, but it was people on the outside of the stadium too, and that just shows uh, Serena's impact in the sport um of tennis itself. Because me um I grew up like watching tennis. I played tennis as well. I used to go out um I believe at this bubble right at College Park. I used to um like practice all um practice a lot as a kid. I used to go over to my aunt's house every time, like the uh, the U.S. Open came on, and I remember seeing Serena play. So honestly, hey, I can say I was inspired by Serena to play tennis. I still have both of my rackets, actually, like literally, like I'm from my uh, childhood, a Wilson racket and this um, I believe this other racket, the Champion of uh, Brand racket. Yeah, man, and to see Serena, like to finally see her, like her final match ever, like one of the greatest of all time, like my childhood, like just to, you know, like go out in a respectable way, a very respectable way, because she was getting time Yanovich to run for her money. And I thought she really, I had her in that first uh, set, but Tanyanovich just kept on coming back because she was up like two games. She should have so, won that match for real. For yeah, real. she should have. Yeah, man. And she just, you know, but she kept turning it on. But that's all respect to Tanyanovich, so how much a good competitor she is. But yeah, man, Serena, she gave it all she had. And to me, I was looking at that match. I'm like, you know what? Even if Serena loses this match, she has nothing to lose. I'm like, you know, I'm like the milestone she has alone. It's not just as like a tennis player, just as like an athlete. She accomplished like, you know, just milestones that a lot of athletes won't ever like accomplish. You want to talk about her being the greatest of all time in sports. Of course, you can all, 
you know, like we, we discussed before in this podcast, she's like one of the greatest, like just athletes up there, you know, of all time. Like she's up there along, I'd say in the top 10. So her impact in general, and you know, it was just like, it's great to see. And hopefully she does evolve, you know, that's what she calls it, evolving, not retiring, but hopefully she actually does. Like we see her really um, like get involved in stuff where she can use her platform, you know, for like, like a positive impact. And you can still see her in the media doing, um, you know, doing well and really just like, you know, shape the sport of tennis, like just really inspire like other like athletes like coming up in tennis. Like we've seen um, like a lot of like good um, tennis athletes coming up like Coco Golf, um, even see um, other uh, local athletes. Like um, I want to shout out, what's his name? Francis uh, Tiafo from right here from Maryland. Like he, I'm not sure Rafael, Rafael Nadal, man. So that, that, that was that was good. That was good to see. And honestly, I feel as though Serena Williams inspires like a lot of people just to play the sport in, in general. And honestly, I still like the sport of tennis. I still look at the uh, the Opens, like the Australian Opens, the French Opens, the U.S. Opens. Uh, from here and there because I actually understand the sport and everything and like the rules and, and all of that so man just to see Serena finally go it was really just bittersweet but it was time and I do agree with Darian I believe she should have like retired um you know a couple of years ago but that goes to show hey that's all impressive what she was like the circumstances she was playing under and what she was able to accomplish under them circumstances hey that not everybody can do that and mentally every everyone can't handle it so all respect to her and I'm happy she retired while I know she's still ahead and she can really, hopefully she does evolve and, you know, continue her career and use her platform for something else because, hey, she's done it all, man. And when we ever really probably see another tennis player with her intensity, you know, like like her with her intensity again and really to win that many grand slams again. So, yeah, man. I want to add, add on one thing to something that you said about how Tiafo just beat Rafael, Rafael Nadal. Now, I didn't play tennis, but I, I used to watch tennis a lot. Rafa, Rafael Nadal is probably, outside of Serena, is my favorite tennis player of all time. I love Rafa. And for those who don't watch tennis, we do have, I, I do want to just take into consideration the great tennis players that we have seen throughout these last 10, 15 years with Serena Williams, Venus Williams, Roger Federer is probably one of the greatest male tennis players of all time. Rafael Nadal is right behind him. Then you have Novak Djokovic and Andy Murray is not too far behind either. So we have six generational all-time great tennis players that we have been able to see just in their peaks just for us growing up. Or at least for me and Mark, I, I I just I just wanted to add that in because I saw someone talking about it and it was just something that I just thought was really really cool. Yeah, for sure, especially about yeah the other um like Rafael Nadal, Andy Murray, yeah Roger Federer, mm-hmm. like it's definitely um have generations of like great tennis players. Hopefully, we have more to come. Francis Tiafo is a Maryland Terrapin. PG County. Mm-hmm. One of Matt. PG County, one of Matt. Highsville, Maryland. <laughs> Shout out to him, man, because that was impressive. I saw that. I'm like, whoa, he actually knocked off Nadal? I'm like, hey, man, this U.S. Open is giving me more reason, like, to keep on watching it now. Yeah, that was definitely impressive, and I hope he has a good long career coming his way.
For sure, man. <clears throat> All right. Love love starting off with GOAT talk. Now, let's talk about good old NFL. That's a week one. Just say it starts Thursday. Probably by the time you guys are listening to this, it's probably already started. So, um, I'm going to jump right into that. So, Lamar Jackson likely to be franchise tag. Will he get a deal done with Baltimore? And I'm going to go first. I'm not going to be, I'm not even a fan of me being biased. I think they will because <laughs> Baltimore, they, they know the value of this man. Like I said, this one won an MVP <laughs> on the team. He's been the team savior in several situations where we could have either lost the ball game or we would have got blown out. And he came in and helped to get, helped the team stay afloat. I don't, and Baltimore is not a dumb franchise. Their franchise that's usually made a, the proper decision when it comes to retaining the players. Hell, this is the same franchise that came Joe that kept Joe Flacco going for years. That man literally took the fame and won that one Super Bowl ring and extended it as much as he could. I respected him for doing that though. Even though he was one of the most like mediocre quarterbacks of the past like decade or so. Hey, we're not gonna talk about that. So um, do you guys think the deal's gonna get done? Let me offer a promise to the Baltimore Ravens and Ravens fans everywhere. If you don't give Lamar Jackson his money, there's a team right on the other end of the belt. <laughs> that ain't a threat. That's a promise. Bro, could you imagine that? <laughs> we got the capsule. We got hella cap space. Say we won't. Bro. These are no, no. two of my biggest. Say, say we won't. No, no, we no, no. It's, it's, it's not even that, bro. Can you imagine just that we, bro, number one, I would be, I would be like, what? I would be like, yo, this is the beginning of the end, bro. Like, it's one thing to lose Lamar Jackson to, like, the fucking Steelers or something like that. To lose him to the Commanders, bro. Oh my goodness, bro! That'll be a I day. I consider it a fair trade-off after we gave you Morgan Moses. I mean, to and also to be fair, y'all did hurt RG three. That's what I was just about to say. But I did run him into the ground. But my dumbass thought you was talking to me for a second. But another, <laughs> but another thing is, my t- the biggest, my biggest nightmare is. Lamar Jackson goes to either Washington and he better stay as far away from Philadelphia as possible. I do not need that in my life. I they got Jalen Hurts, they'll be fine. Yeah, but I I I feel I feel like they're gonna do him dirty. I really feel like they will. I hope they don't, but I feel like they will. I feel like all it's gonna take is just a couple bad games from, from him, and then it, it's just gonna be hell from there. Like it's it's such a no duh type situation. It's like well, no, obviously he's gonna get his money. They're just kind of, you know, extending extending the inevitable. Nah, he he's 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 gonna get his money. It just might not be from the Ravens, because I, I guess whatever Lamar is asking for, Lamar wants to. Lamar wants. I think Lamar wants more money. Than Kyler, than Kyler, than um Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, he does. Guaranteed money as uh Deshaun Watson, but I'm but I I see I see I I see it like this, if I'm Lamar Jackson, 
And if I get anything less than what uh than what uh Kyle Murray got, I'm not signing. And I mean, the Ravens are probably going to end up franchise tagging him for the next two years because they can do that. And I don't know. I I I I hope the Ravens pay him, but he's going he's going to get his money. It just might not be from Baltimore. Yeah, honestly, at this point, this is going to show the Ravens front offense. They don't believe in Lamar Jackson because, let's be real, if Kyler Murray and fucking Deshaun Watson got their, like, contracts and, you know, like, let's not talk about the circumstances with the Deshaun Watson thing. If Kyler Murray is worth $230 million, like, it's no way Lamar Jackson is getting paid under the – so that just goes to show they don't have the full confidence in Lamar Jackson to give him, like, a $250 million contract because, let's be real, week one is, like, literally – five days away Kevin he has yet to get paid so what's going on no, he doesn't really have an agent yeah that's what i'm saying like he just like he apparently him and his mom uh, has been handling all like you know discussions and everything he's his own businessman but i don't know man it's definitely something baltimore is not seeing lamar jackson because it's obvious like bro it's literally a few days away and they have yet to give him that extension and clearly to me he's worth it to me he won an mvp that early in his career he has the talent but it, it's something that's not that's going on and Baltimore fans might need to be a little concerned the fact that he's not getting that extension. So I don't know, man. I don't know at this point. Like, I haven't really been looking into it that much because it ain't my team, but I, I want Lamar Jackson to get paid because he is, he, he deserves that contract if Kyler Murray, you know, if Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson are getting, are getting that kind of money. And that's just how the market is. So, hey, like Darian said, if it's not with Baltimore, hey, man, we'll have to see. So Ravens fans, y'all better hope a deal gets done like soon. Like, because we've just been silent from here on out, like, for a minute. <laughs> I'm not super concerned. I'm concerned if it keeps dragging. Like, if there's, you know, the season starts, you know, week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six go by, and there's no, you know, continuation of talks and no, nothing to sign. Then I'd be like, um, okay, what's going on? But right now, I'm not too concerned. Speaking of week one, what are your week one expectations? How do you think your team is going to start off the season? Please don't get blown out. Please don't get blown out. Please. I got one thing to say real quick. I got one thing to say real quick. All right, I'm going to even cut the camera on for this. This shampoo bottle here is staying locked up in a secret location where Trevor Lawrence cannot get to. Get out of here. Because I need to wash my hair too, damn it. All I got to say is I just – it's same, same, same thing I said last, last year. Let's just be – if we're going to lose, can we just lose respectably? That's all I got to say. Just, let's just not get blown out. I mean, we played in Detroit loin, so I expect a W, but, you know, I mean, hopefully I just see Miles Sanders get a, um, you know, a rushing touchdown. That's all I hope for. I think that's what the whole city of Philadelphia wants is to see Miles Sanders actually run the ball into the end zone. Hopefully he can do that. I, I believe you, Nick Sirianni. And honestly, I do expect us to beat the Detroit loins. Yes, I said loins. And because they're just like that kind of mediocre of a team, though, I ain't sleeping on them this season. But, yeah, man, hopefully we start off pretty good. You know, we play the Lions week one. Then the next week, you know, we got the uh, 
what do we got next week? Damn. Actually, we got a pretty light schedule next week. So, yeah, hopefully we start off 2-1-0, honestly. But, yeah. Hopefully, um, this is another season for the Eagles. <laughs> Jalen Hurts season. That's all I got to say. Howie Roseman season. Let's get it. I'm just expecting a dub. Start the season strong, man. That's what I'm expecting. All I got to say is if the Eagles lose to the Lions and if the Ravens lose to, to um the Jets, you will be hearing me for a good week and a half. I will be talking English shit to both of you. I'm going to be real. The Eagles-Lions game going to be closer than a lot of people think. But Sam, if the Ravens lose to the Jets, first of all, how? Second of all, yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Dumb, but I'll second be like, of all, what? you 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 might need to like do a little Twitter declans after that one. Oh no, no, listen, if we lose, I'm but I'm not hopping on Twitter. I've views, man. No, yeah, it might be closer, but we shouldn't. I mean, we beat the shout the Lions 44 to six last year. Hopefully, we mean they get better, but and we got way better, so hopefully it's not an L. So, but hey, yeah, we deserve the account. We do lose, but we shouldn't though. All right. To finish off the end of us, Hulk, top 10 players. And okay. what? And what? I'm going to try, I'm gonna try not to go too heavy. Yeah, on just the, the top 10 players in NFL. So we're, we're, we're not taking No position? In, no position. I'm going I'm to oh, try not to go too to heavy on the quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, and then I'm going to go whoa, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers. Next, I'm gonna go. Let's go, Jonathan Taylor. I'm gonna give me time for this one. <laughs> I wasn't even ready for this Jonathan one. Jonathan Taylor, and then oh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I said it. Unless no. I already said him. Oh Lord. No. Yeah, your list is already invalid, bro. I'm sorry. Josh, <laughs> man, shut the hell up. <laughs> shut the hell up and let me cook. Damn, mint flavored pigeon. <laughs> no, I like that. The mint flavor. I like that. <laughs> oh, I mean, and then I'm going to go Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. My stupid ass done lost count. You're like at eight. Okay, Derek Henry. And for the last one, I'm going to go Khalil Mack. All right. So I'm going to go Aaron Donald, Pat Mahomes, um, John Taylor, Trent Williams. This is in no particular order, by the way. Trent, Trent Williams, Aaron Rodgers, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons. Yes, I said it. And how many is that? Is that like seven? I lost count too. Fuck it. My, Micah. Yeah, that's seven. seven. So yeah, Micah Parsons, Devontae Adams. I can't believe this man said Tyreek Hill. Devontae, Devontae Adams, Khalil Mack, and Khalil Mack, 
and Lamar Jackson. All right, my top 10. This is not about to be in order either, but uh, I'm going to go number one. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Number two, I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. Number three, I'm going to go Devontae Adams. Number four, uh, I'm going to go with um, TJ Watt. Number five, uh, Josh Allen. Number six, Aaron Rodgers. Let's see, number seven, um, put TJ Watt up there at seven. Um, uh, let's see, number eight. Hmm, dang, it's kind of, it's a little tough. Number eight, I'm just going to put uh, Mike, um, no, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett at number eight. Uh, this is really no order, but um, let's see, uh, number nine. I'm trying to think. Jamar Chase at uh, nine. And for the final person, uh, shoot, I'm going to say Travis Kelsey, uh, number 10 player. He's just like that different of a tight end. Yeah. All right. In no particular order, because like I said, I'm still gaining my football card. I don't want it to give a move before I, you know, revisit the, revisit the market. I got Aaron Donald, number one. I got A-Rod at number two, Mahomes number three, Tom Brady number four, Josh Allen number five. I got Miles Garrett six, T.J. Watt at seven, Trill Williams at eight. I Devonta Adams Adams at nine, and Jalen Ramsey at ten. A boy, Jay Ram. I debated about putting Jalen Ramsey in the top 10. I kind of have him at, at 12, 12-ish. I'm at top 15 for sure with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey is usually, if he's not in the 10, he's right outside it. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to just say, just just be happy I didn't decide to be a fan and put Dak Prescott in there. I almost wanted to put Jamal Jackson, but I was like, nah, let me not do that. I could have put Lamar in there, but... He's like right outside for me too. Like yeah, he's like if anything, us. if I rank him objectively, he's like number twelve or thirteen. Like he's about outside this whole thing. But I'm yeah, glad we should have more time for this list, though. Yeah, I could honestly we have more time for this list. I would have made an order, but you know, I think I just like kind of went off the head for for you know, because like the NFL talent is stacked these days. Like it's a couple of maybe could like improvise and like the squeeze in the top ten maybe. You yeah, know, like the top. If anything, the yeah. top twelve is all interchangeable. You can kind of take out and move anyone, especially the lower part. So it's like, but it's so close. Right. But anyway, now finishing up the NFL talk. Hop into the NBA, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this trade. We're gonna talk about it now. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Now, before we we talk about the meat and potatoes, let's talk about how the Utah Jazz the Utah Jazz has really built them a super assets of young players and picks, man. Danny Ainge, the true finesse of the NBA, man. This man not only single-handedly ruined the whole trade market for the offseason, but gets a haul of first-round picks and young players, and he's not going to be done. He got some more players to trade, too. Jordan Clarkson, Bojan Bajanovic. Oh, he, man, there's going to be some people on the move, man. 
So <laughs> how y'all think about that? Well, I can say one thing. At least the Knicks don't have to sell their future. That's all I got to say about it. I mean, it it was definitely a shocker to see him go to Cleveland because we all thought it was going to be either New York or Miami. But I remember, now that I think about it, I remember seeing a report. You know, I was, you know, back when we were on here talking about the Wizards. And it had said that the Wizards and the Cavs have you know, got into talks about getting D, getting D Mitch. But when you think about the trade and what they gave up, what Cleveland gave up to get D Mitch and what they still have, Cleveland's going to be really nice with that Darius Garland and D Mitch in the backcourt and Mobley and Jared Allen in the frontcourt. They still have Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio, Chetty Osmond. They got guys, Isaac, Isaac Okoro. They still got guys. So they're going to be, we thought they were fun to watch last year. They're going to be fun to watch this year. More fun to watch this, this year. Yeah, I'm looking at the trade, the Donovan Mitchell trade. At first, when I saw that, when I saw it happen, I'm like, you know, finally he got out of Utah. But when I saw what Utah got in return, I'm like, you know what? That Utah actually has like, a, you know, like a future um in our hands because I believe they got a uh, like Colin Sexton, uh, Lori Markinen, and three first rounders. That's not a bad deal at all, honestly. Colin Sexton, Lori Markinen alone on your squad. Uh, is pretty good, and the fact that they can build off like three uh, future first round picks, like, hey, when the next couple of years, you saw they still, you know, still be making a little bit of like try to make a little bit of noise. So it'll be interesting to see how they go from there. But the Cavaliers, though, man, the Eastern Conference has just got way more interesting because now you got a you know an all star point guard like Donovan Mitchell who's on the East now. The East is just even more stacked and. Now, to me, I think like, like the seedings of teams, like honestly, like that top five seed in the NBA is going to be so unpredictable this year for real. So that deep mystery, it definitely like, you know, made an impact on the East uh, for sure. And the Cavaliers, they're going to be like really a team I, I have to watch out for. Like we're going to have to watch out for, especially me as a Sixers fan, because the Cavs can actually like make some noise this season. So I, like, I was like talking, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, yeah, this NBA <laughs> season is going to be one of the most interesting seasons we've seen. Just with like everything that's been going on in the offseason with these contracts and all of that. And now all the players are finally like getting set on their team. So can't wait to see how things pan out for sure, especially in that Eastern Conference. And that deep mid-trade, man, man, that's just about to make stuff lit over there for sure. That top five is going to be like a bloodbath for sure in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Shoot, as the Sixers fans, like should definitely be concerned for sure because it's, it's deep over there in the East. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a firm believer in the idea of admitting when you're wrong. So I'll do that right now. That I was wrong about Donovan Mitchell going to land. However, he also ain't going to New York, so I was Same, still right about that, man. I'm telling hey, you, bro, wrong, though, don't bro. nobody <laughs> want to go to New York as long as James Dolan owns the team there. I mean, shoot, 
Spider-Man asked for a trade last week, and I'm pretty sure the Ninja Turtles just lost two of their players in free agency. I'm dead. Raphael done signed with the Lakers, Michelangelo with the Clippers now. <laughs> Spider-Man hated being Splinter in New York, the next one out. Splinter the next one out. The Knicks driving everybody out of New York. Bro, all of that shit I'm in New dead. York, I'm pretty sure Spider-Man hated it, man. Why do you think he had to go in disguise, bro? If it wasn't for the right. superpowers, he would be a shoot, bro, he would be food in New York. <laughs> shoot, I'm pretty sure King Kong about to wake up tomorrow and ask for a trade. <laughs> hey, I don't blame him. After, after the way they shot him off that Empire State Building, I don't blame him. They did him dirty. I hey, can't. bro, I'm all for King Kong. <laughs> this man really put shit. King Kong, bro. This man worked from Donovan Mitchell to King Kong. King Kong was up there on that Empire bro. State Building. He got shot all the way down. Nope. I cannot, King bro. Kong needs to get his lip back. He does. You know, so sad. you know what's so sad about this? This man, D-Mitch, actually wanted to go to New York. But the thing is, I'm going to bounce off what Darian said. We all know Danny Ainge should be a finesse. This man tried to get R.J. Barrett. Um, He wanted R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, and three first-round picks, and the picks. So I'm like, bruh, I'm actually kind of happy New York didn't go for that because as good as Donovan is, need a team around him and you know he would have went to new york where he literally would have basically been in a jazz situation just the next version so i'm kind of glad you know they didn't mortgage the entire future just to get one guy so that 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 was smart on new york because pretty sure old new york nick would have done that dumbass trade and then don mitchell would have been over here dropping 30 points in mad square garden and getting dubbed but you know it's still gonna be losers because we saw them get all them first round picks to go get to go get somebody. Remember during the draft where they traded they traded the first round pick for three other picks. You know we all say, ooh, ooh, they about to make a move this summer. Yeah, their big move was signing Jalen Brunson and re-signing Mitchell Robinson and giving RJ Baird an extension. Which, by the way, the extension they gave to Mitchell Robinson was like the first rookie extension they made in twenty years, which is just absolutely hilarious to me actually it's more than 20 years it's 24 years that's actually because the last one they gave was Allen Houston if I'm not mistaken I think I'm right I think it's Allen Houston in the 90s that's crazy right like New York get your shit together but um yeah I'm glad New York didn't decide to mortgage the whole future for Donald Mitchell would have been worth it anyway and honestly, I'm looking even more forward to Cleveland now because I was already looking forward to watching them as a team because there's Garland. He was coming up as a young star. Jared Allen is a nice, beautiful center that I've always said. I've always liked it. I've always said that we should fucking have him. He should be a Washington wizard. We should fucking have him. But we traded that pick away in the, in the bogey trade. But anyway, no, that, that's just a personal rant. And then Evan Mobley has all the potential to basically be the prototypical wingman that can switch and play great masterful defense. And he's getting his shot to get it too. You know, he's starting to extend out to the three-point line. So we love to see that. And then Donovan Mitchell gives them what they need, that offensive punch. That's all they really needed. Because Cleveland was a top-tier defensive team last season. All they needed was help on offense and health. We all know Donovan Mitchell is a very durable player too. He's not a player that's going to miss a lot of games. So he's definitely going to help them out. You know, move Karis LeVert to be the sixth man. And they got a team, though. They got Karis LeVert, Kevin Love, and Chetty Osman off the bench. You know, Isaac Okoro has a lot of upside. He just got the shots together, man. Cleveland, 
don't be surprised if Cleveland's the top three seed in the East, y'all. Because I you made a good like, point about that, though, about I the injuries. Like what's about to happen? Like I feel like what's about to happen, bro. One of the top teams in the East is going to disappoint next season. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be between Boston, Miami, and Philly. One of those teams is going to not be as good as you would think it's going to be, and Cleveland's going to end up taking their spot. That's literally what's about to happen. I want you guys to mark my word on this. Today is September 6, 2022. I'm telling you, when, we talk, when we're co- coming back up here talking about this stuff in probably like April, early April, late March, it's going to be that way. One of those teams is going to disappoint. Oh, I didn't even bring up the Bucks either. One of the top four is going to disappoint, and I know it's not going to be the Bucks. I know it's not going to be. It's not going to be Boston. Those two teams are going to stay at the upper echelon of the East. It's going to be between Philly and Miami. One of those teams is going to drop. And Cleveland is going to end up taking the spot. Yeah, my, my bad to cut you off, but you made a good point. Because, like, that's where Cleveland struggled last season is that with, mm-hmm. like, the injuries and everything. And Donovan Mitchell was durable, though. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make, though. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they yeah. definitely need him, like, a durable point guard that can definitely, like, help them out along the way. Because, yeah, like, they need as soon some... as Cleveland got rocked with them injuries, you know, that's when the season went downhill yeah, after yeah. that break. So, yeah. yeah they the need point. their offensive punch to be somebody that's reliable and available. Donovan Mitchell has been pretty sturdy through his career. He doesn't miss a lot of games. That's even an added bonus. Like, I feel like yep, we're going to see that. Donovan Mitchell tap more into the defensive potential that we've already seen because now he's not on a team where he has to carry the entire offensive load. It's him and Darius Garland that's going to be splitting the offensive load. So, we're probably going to see more of the defensive upside that we saw coming out of Louisville. So, hey, that's going to be a plus, too. You made a good point about Darius Garland, bro. Him and Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, that's going to be a, a fun combo, bro, a fun duo, for sure. Very fun duo to watch, man. Looking forward to it. Sanford, I don't know what has gotten into you in these, in these damn hot takes. Like, what is going on? What do you mean? You said they, that Cleveland can be a top three seed in the East? I don't think that's really a hot take. I say top five at most. I say uh, five. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have evidence to back it up, bro. Let me back up my take. Jesus. This bed is ready to burn me alive. But if they were healthy, they would have been a top four seed, and that's guaranteed. They were hovering around the fourth seed until they started getting injuries, bro. But the two teams in the East, they got killed by injuries. And this is an undeniable fact. It's Cleveland and Chicago. Especially Cleveland is the worst one. Because Cleveland, they basically literally had all of their line, almost their whole lineup out at one point. Chicago, it was basically Zoe. Zoe and um, Cruz Goat were out. Um, Zach Levine had a little bit of knickknacks. But, like, literally, like, Cleveland... There was a point that almost the whole lineup was out. Right. They were going, they would have been a top four seed, fully healthy. We're talking about a team that added Donovan Mitchell. That's a huge upgrade. Like, don't be surprised if Cleveland is a top five offense. Yeah, I just want to say Cleveland wouldn't have traded for Donovan Mitchell if they weren't trying to like really be serious in the yeah, ending that's, that's talks, the, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying they about honestly, to come yeah. out the east. I never yeah, I get said what you're that. Saying. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like because the toughest the East is, I say number five is more realistic because we have to see how the new teams work and everything. It can take time, but that's why I was like, you know, he, he did make a good point how they really were like a top like four seed before the injuries and everything. 
And it's like, what if, you know, how they could have done if nope. they never got and hurt? No, of course. So and it's like, I think I'm it's not really too much of a long, I think like top five is like, that's my realistic but thing. That's what I'm saying. Listen to what five, I say. You know? I said, like just behind one the of the teams you know, that we and, think yeah. is going to be super good is going to, it happens every year. Every year, there's always that one team that wins a few more games than people expect it gets in the top three. They were a top four team, fully healthy, without Donovan Mitchell. And this is an Eastern Conference that actually, in all actually, didn't get that much better. It's not like a, like two seasons ago where the East jumped up a whole nother tier. It really didn't. It's really been consistent at the top. Cleveland is the team that made probably the biggest change. You know, Philly's going to have change here because they're going to have Harden from the beginning of the season. You know, they're going to have him in training camp. They can be able to build that. So it's and not added like another guard, too. Right, right. They added a guard. They added defense. You know, they, they got Montrez Hill. That was a nice pickup. I'll give you a bonus. So that was a nice pickup. Y'all got a backup big that's going to be a force. But, um, yeah, like, other than that, the East didn't really change at the top. So it's not like the conference is going to be that much better. So them being in the top three, probably top four, is not that much of a hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's probably the expectation. Because like I said, one of the top four seeds will drop. It's bound to happen. It happens every year. Somebody's not going to be as good as we think they're going to be in a regular season. They're going to lose a few more games or drop to the fifth seed. But they're still going to be competitive. I didn't say Cleveland's coming out the East. That's a hot take. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're definitely going to be in the upper echelon of the conversation of the conference. I think that's an expectation because, like Mark said, why would they make a swing like that and don't think they have a chance to be a truly contender in the East? Like I said, I never said them coming out. The, that's a hot take. If I said that, I would understand what you said. But no, this, I don't think top three, top four is a hot take for Cleveland. I think that's the expectation. I think top three is a stretch. Top four is is, is kind of like this. What's the difference between the third and the fourth? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a bit of a stretch to me because when you because when you put someone like one, two, and three, there is a little bit of a difference there. Because no, no, no. At, at least, at least, at least, at least to me, it is because the top three in the conferences to me says, okay, these are the teams that you think realistically can come out of the conference. Mm-hmm. Most of the, most of the time, that's what it is. That's why when you said top, top, top three, I kind of looked at you like, hold on, wait a minute. Top four. Yeah. Cause that fourth seat is a little bit different. At least to me, at least to me, it no, is. No, I, I get it. I, I love how you explain your thought process. Cause everybody's a different thought process. I really think there's only two true contenders in the East. Like when I mean contenders, I mean like, okay, these teams are coming out. It's going to be, if healthy, Boston and Milwaukee. Or Miami. I had three. Philly. No, no. The reason why I say Miami, Miami's always a lock to go to the conference finals, but making it out is kind of a toss depending on who they face. Yeah, it is. Yeah, That's that's why I didn't say Miami, but the next level right under them is Miami, Philly, Cleveland. They're the three. So basically... The top two, I'm just giving it to Milwaukee and Boston because those teams have consistently proven that they are the true kings of the East, where one of them is almost guaranteed to come out. 
every the we got next Giannis. Three, it's hard to like really stop right. Giannis, but know? Giannis is one of the most unstoppable forces in the league, and Boston literally crafted a defense that was historically great. So it's like those two teams are the true like contenders. Okay, those teams fully healthy, they're going, they're coming out of the conference. Then you have the next level where you have your contenders, where it's like I could see them. Being a good, I can see him going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then from there it's whatever is Philly, Miami, and then Cleveland is like the edge of that. Because also, like you guys have said, we gotta see how the team meshes together. Usually in the first season, a team doesn't fully fill out their true potential. I'm just talking in a circumstance where everything doesn't go perfect, but it goes pretty good. And I think it will go pretty good because I think. You know, Donovan Mitchell is the missing piece to what Cleveland needed. Like I said, they, they were good at point guard. They were good at the forward spot in the center. The two guard was really their weak spot last year. If we're really going to talk about that, if we're really going to break down the team, the two and the three, I think Isaac Okor slides in perfectly as the defender, perimeter defender, swing man, because that's what they're going to need with you know, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Even though I think Donovan Mitchell is going to take a leap defensively because he's not going to have to focus fully on dropping 30 points a game and being the shoulder pack of the entire team's offense. I, I personally think that if we really want to talk about, there's two, there's two things. If we really want to talk about Cleveland being like coming out of the East, we gotta wait about two, three years for that. And I don't, I don't think you disagree. You think three? I think it's two, two. years. I say two I years. Two, two years is fair. Yeah, wait, like two, three, like two or three. Um, but I don't blame you. You don't know what the heck could happen in Eastern Conference. Freaking the, this, the next summer, freaking LeBron could come back. We don't know. <laughs> the, the other, freaking, the, no, the other, the other thing about it is, I just, I just love, and I kind of understand why you didn't mention them a little bit, but I just love how you mentioned all these teams that could come out the East and not once did you mention the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> and not once did you mention the, 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 um, the, the Nets are just a funny team laughing, in general, bro. You laughing, you laughing, but I'm being, I'm being serious. I'm being, I'm being real serious. But, but the Nets yeah. has the squad together though. Yeah. Right. It, it all, okay. it, really, it really, it really all depends on like, are they going to show up to actually play? Yeah, and, that's and literally I, why I didn't say it. Right? No, honestly, <laughs> like, real. Get, the Brooklyn no, no, Nets no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. like one of the I best games. why you didn't defense. say it, but at the same time, I do think it's kind of wild how a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're not mentioning, like, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think present as presently constructed, if you want to talk about teams coming out of the East, it's Brooklyn and it's Brooklyn and and Milwaukee and Boston and Boston. You, you want to know why Milwaukee I don't Boston? You want to know why I don't put Brooklyn in that conversation and why they're kind of like in the second to third tier of the East because um Kevin Durant and Kyrie have not proven to win anything together. Remember the year they faced the Bucks, Kyrie got injured. James Harden was playing on one leg. So if anything, it was Harden and KD that showed that they can go to the distance together, not KD and Kyrie. I don't trust Kyrie at all because Kyrie loves his antics. 
<laughs> loves his antics. He has his he has his things. Okay, so it's just like the reason why I didn't put the Brooklyn Nets there. It probably has absolutely nothing to do with basketball. It has more with the nuances and the stuff that goes beyond the court. No, so no, no, no. I, 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 I'm not even. I'm not even backing down from me not putting them. No, I'm standing firm. I would be shocked if the like the Brooklyn's are a top four seed. I would be shocked, that, but then I wouldn't be because they have the talent. It's just the fact: are they going to show up to play? Is Kyrie going to actually play the entire, try to play as many games as possible, or is he going to pull his antics and disappear for a month? We don't I know. That, I think when it comes to that, the question is not Ben Simmons. It's not Kevin Durant. It's really just Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's. I, 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 I think Ben Simmons is going to have a, a, a he's going to have a breakout season. I think Ben Simmons <laughs> is more motivated now ever. Right. <laughs> I think KD and Ben Simmons are going to come to hoop. I'm not worried about those two. I'm really not. Like those two, they're going to bring it. I think Brooklyn's going to have fun experimenting Ben Simmons as a small ball five. I think that's going to be a fun experiment to watch, or probably they're going to end up putting him at the four spot, which I think is just better for him. So I think Ben Simmons and KD, that's not the problem. It's Kyrie that's the problem. He's the one I don't trust. He's the one I'm looking and I think is the problem with how the Brooklyn Nets are, are constructed. Kyrie is kind of like the X factor for the team. Like if Kyrie doesn't show up to play, it kind of messes up everything and kind of throws everything up in the air. But if he comes to play, they could definitely be in the conversation for sure. I just don't believe he will. I think Kyrie's done with basketball. I think basketball is no longer a top three, a top three priority for him. I think that's just from coming from me. I th- I just think it's still wild that you're just saying, oh, they can even be in the conversation. Nah, no, 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 no. There, there is not no can be in the in the conversation. It's they're in the conversation. It's just how will it pan? Like I like I understand like how will it pan out, but there, it's just no way. Like I, it's like when you talk about football and you talk about teams to come out of like the NFC. You can't not put the Packers and say, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have receivers and think, oh, well, that means they're not going to come out of the um, the um, NFC. No, you just I mean, that's a whole different thing. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man and has proven that he could win and play with bad receivers. That's a that was a bad example. Uh, no, no, it's a good example because it's because it's 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 literally the same thing. Like like they're they're question marks. They're they're not as many question marks as there are for the Brooklyn Nets, but there's question marks for the Green Bay Packers as there are for for um, the Brooklyn Nets. Right. But that's but that's no reason for me to 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 not put them in the conversation. To, to um to um come out of the east. I'm not I, I understand why you I just I understand why you refuse to you refuse to mention them, but at the same time it's very much so oh, no 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 I know it's wild. I, I I'm accepting as wild it's very, because it's I just very I just much, <laughs> it's very much so disrespectful. <laughs> I, I I'm accepting as wild because like I said I, I have no problem with KD. I I, I feel like KD's gonna come and hoop this season. I feel like Ben Simmons is going to come out more motivated ever because he has a point to prove. Kyrie is the problem. <laughs> I don't trust Kyrie to play the whole season. He's either going to get hurt or something's going to happen where he's not going to play. It's bound to happen. Like, like how Stephen A. Smith always say, 
the Cowboys are, <laughs> what is it, an accident waiting to happen. Kyrie is basically an excuse about to occur. It's, it's, all, it's some excuse, something. That's what he's proven to me. So he has to, he has, he has to prove me wrong. And I will come up here and say, Kyrie proved me wrong. If, he, if they are top three, four seed, I will come up here and say, I was wrong. I slept on the team. I will say that. But until that happens, it's, it's, I'm standing it's, firm on my take. I respect it. And, and it's not even me hating Kyrie. I actually love watching him and I love him as a player. I just know. I just, just like what he's shown over the past season. I just have a vibe for the type of player he is. He doesn't take like, basketball seriously anymore. If he copy play more last season at Brooklyn, that's what have finished at much higher than a right. seventy. You know, that's the wild play part. Like they could literally be like top three if they wanted games. to. If he that's played, the- if he plays sixty games, we're never talking the four, 60, 65 games, bro. Brooklyn, that's would have been a top four seat. Yeah, it would have been Kyrie, in the play. Yeah. It was literally and- Kyrie. Kyrie was the reason why I didn't win a lot of fucking. Because honestly, let's be real. Like the Brooklyn Nets on paper, they're really better than like a most. James Harden would still be a Brooklyn really Net if Kyrie fucking played more games, bro. He would still be there. <laughs> the big three would still be together, bro. Like that. Is so hey, they got a big three now, though. But like, right. hopefully, like I said, they can just come together, just play. Like, I'm not even sure what New York is even doing with like the whole vaccine bullshit mandate down, but. Yeah, that's like really what was like the main cause of Kyrie missing the games, man. But oh, hey, with Ben Simmons, Katie on the same team, and Kyrie, that's a, a really the best one of the best. Uh, oh no, if three in the East, honestly, they fit, just like Ben Simmons fits yeah. better than them than James Harden because Ben Simmons addresses a need that the team need needed fixing. They needed a defensive stalwart at the forward position. Defense and, and I feel like have- Ben Simmons, he'll like like facilitate the ball better too than James Harden instead of just like you know wanting to you know take over. Ben Simmons be willing like you know to pass the ball instead of like you know all be all by ball dominant. So I think Speaking- that was the issue with James Harden and Kyrie. Because think about mm-hmm. it, I had a feeling that wasn't going to work because yeah, like Kyrie Irving and James Harden the same team, they both going to want they both want to want to score. You know, be that person to score. So right. I can just see how that was going to work out any anyway. The weirdest so, thing Harden about Kyrie, that. Probably, it was Kyrie that was making it difficult because remember James Harden decided to be the playmaker. He decided to be the go- the point yep. guard. Mm-hmm. It was Kyrie that was kind of making that favorite because Katie was you know Katie could play off ball. But uh, no, you know what's so funny? Just thinking back about this whole thing, bro. Like just imagine, like we just said, Kyrie plays sixty games. James Harden still a Brooklyn Net. Like he's still on the team. He left literally because of the shit that Kyrie was doing, you know, sitting out. You know, that's his choice. I'm not knocking it. People have come and knocked it. I'm not knocking for that. That's his choice. He has the ability to choose what he wants to do. And the fun thing is, I was about to bring up Andre Drummond, but I just realized he signed with Chicago this year. So that that's a mute point. Which I feel like is a, be- a really good signing for them because I, I honestly think they need to trade Vucevic. I don't, he's not fitting in with the team in my humble opinion. Just me, how I watch me watching the Bulls and how they play, he's kind of that. He's kind of the weird man out. They got to get, they got to find a way to flip him, but that contract is huge. So I, I, don't, I don't know how they're about to do that. But um, yeah, Brooklyn, they got a lot to prove this season. You know, it's not talent. They have the talent to be a contender in the East. It's just certain personnel. They got to get the, they got to get their boots in order. But yeah, if the Brooklyn are so top four seed, I will come up here and I will apologize and say how wild I was for leaving them out. I will definitely do that. I'm a man of my word. 
But anyway, y'all got anything more to say about the D-Miss trade to Cleveland? Because we got a funny, funny thing that we're about to talk about next. Because when I saw this, I laughed. I laughed because I was like, Jeannie, come on now. What's up with you mixing up your words? So um, this is about last week, too. Jeannie Bus was, and pretty she was on an interview or a podcast, and she was talking about how Westbrook was the best, most consistent player on the Lakers last season. Apparently, she didn't mean to say best. She meant to say most consistent, which, yeah, he only missed one game, and that was the game that he didn't play, that he got benched. It got mad. Like, I'm pretty sure the one game he missed was the game that he they were trying to bring him off the bench. And he said, No, nah, I'm not playing. No, he, like, I think went, the one game he missed was like a game at the end of the season that didn't really matter. Oh, no, the, I, you're probably right. Because after a certain while, I just stopped keeping up with the Lakers. <laughs> like, when I knew they weren't making the playoffs, I just didn't care. <laughs> no. Like, like they shut down LeBron, they shut down everybody that mattered. And the, uh, the last like few games, I think it was like the last like five games of the season, I just didn't care. Didn't I, I, I stopped watching them after the trade that that deadline. So you a better man than me. But I'm not even about to hold you. You know how funny that shit was when <laughs> niggas thought was about to get traded and he wasn't traded, bro. That was the beginning of the end, bro. That was the beginning. Of the end. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally the beginning of the end of the season because I remember everybody saying, "Oh, that's about to get traded." I'm like, they about to move. Russ. About to move. Like, hey, and this man did not get traded, bro. Oh my goodness, I was like, bro. Yeah, this season not about to be too good. And Evan said something so funny to me. No, no, he said it on the podcast, and it made me laugh when I'm, I'm like, yo, you're right, bro. Can you imagine the mental gymnastics the media would have tried to pull? Say the Lakers would have made the playing tournament, bro. Bro. <laughs> they would have been like, oh, they That would have been crazy. Oh, yeah, the Nikers is a – they're an eight seed, bro. They have a chance to win the title. And guess what? And guess what? I would have been right there drinking that goddamn cookie. <laughs> right there with him. If I got LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the same team, there's nothing you can tell me that will say that we will not win the championship. I but don't it, but That man would have been on this podcast like, I hear everybody saying the Lakers are, are going to get swept. But I don't care. But the that, thing that is, a, a, AD wasn't fully healthy. <laughs> he, he wasn't at the end of the season. He wasn't fully healthy. He wasn't. He came back and he was still kind of slightly horrible. So I can't even agree with you with that. I agree with you. If you made the playoffs, you got LeBron and AD fully healthy, fully 100% ready to go. You have, you have a puncher's chance. But AD was not fully healthy. LeBron was kind of eh. He was kind of burned out because this man had to do way. He had to carry the offensive load for the Lakers. This man was dropping like 31 points a game. This man had like two 50-point games. This man had hella 40. Like, this man was literally carrying the entire offense. So he probably would have made it to the playoffs and would have been gassed anyway, if we're just going to be 100% honest. So even if y'all would have made the playoffs, I would have even tried. I would not even tried to drink that Kool-Aid. I would have just threw it right back at you and say, well, hey, bro. You're not a Lakers fan. I am, so I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, oh, listen, listen, bro. You could enjoy the the gold and purple flavor Kool-Aid all you want, bro. I'm drinking blue and silver Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm doing that. No, no, no. I I got my red, white, and blue over here, but I'm good. Even yeah. though I don't even drink my own, my own Kool-Aid because I was one of the few people. I was the one on this podcast saying we did not have a chance to get Kevin Durant. And this man said we had a chance. I said, hell no. I didn't. I said, no, I said 
it's a long shot, but you have a chance. No. It's a no, huge no, long no, shot. No. It's not even a long shot. The Wizards having a chance to trade for Kevin Durant is less believable than us making the Eastern Conference Finals. That's how unbelievable it is. Because if Kevin Durant was going to come here, he would have came here in 2016. He didn't even take a meeting with us, bro. He did not take a meeting. We were not on his list. So it's not going to happen, bro. The only way he's coming here, bro, is if he's like 37, 38, and he's like, I want to come back home. Like, it's literally going to be old man KD, bro. That's the only way he's coming. And I, I've accepted that. I'm not even mad at it no more. I'm not about to hold you. I was, I, I was pissed at it when he didn't come here, bro. I was mad, but I accepted it. Like, it is what it is. We've never been a big free agent destination. Us getting Gilbert Arenas, Antron Jameson, and whatchamacallit, what's his man's name? Karan Butler was a shock. That was Sheen as a surprise. But we never even went anywhere with all three of them anyway, so that doesn't even matter. Yeah, we were getting fucking butt-fucked by LeBron in the first round. The use of wording that you just used is just absolutely just terrible. I, I mean, LeBron did beat us three years in a row. He didn't have like that. Like, he was giving us the Toronto Raptors treatment before the Toronto Raptors were getting it. Lord, 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 Lord. Hey, look, can you imagine they would call it look they start calling Washington DC La DC, bruh? Hilarious. Well, I would have laughed. It is, it kind of is when you think about it. I mean, yeah, he does like he does like coming to DC and fucking us up. Well, every, well, actually, no, actually everyone likes doing that. Kobe used to, Kobe did it. Yeah, Kobe did it too. Yeah, everyone likes coming. I mean, mind you, mind you, the two thousands, we were not good for majority, so I don't really count that. We were trash. But hey, listen. I'd rather be like we were. I'd rather be us in the Charlotte Bobcats. That's bottom tier. That's trash can. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, no, no. Let's actually sit down and talk about this before we get to the Genie Buster. Number one, who was the guy that designed the Charlotte Bobcats jerseys? Hold on. Don't do that. Them jumps was nice. Most of them jumps was garbage. <laughs> Them right. jumps was nice. I don't. I don't see. 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 I'm not. I. I. I will not slander the Charlotte Bobcats. There will be no Charlotte Bobcats slander coming out of coming out of my mouth. Nah, bro. The funniest thing about the Charlotte Bobcats I will never forget is when I forgot who they were facing, but Bismack Biombo blocked the shot. Said, "Not in my house." And the player, the player was like, "Bro, everybody scores in your house. Shot seven and fifty-seven. <laughs> Yo, that Dude. joke was hilarious. The only that, thing about the Bobcats that pissed me off is that they would go, is that they would win like 15, 16 games, and they always took one on the Lakers. They always, they was always tough against uh, uh, against us, and that's why I liked them. That's why I respected them because they had a whole that's bunch of dogs. Do you remember the team they had, bro? No, I remember the team that that um they had, and that's exactly why I'm not about to sit here and slander the Charlotte. No, no, listen, listen, listen. I'm not slandering the team. I just slandered the jerseys and just that one time Bismack Biyombo talking trash. The, the Bobcats were a respectable franchise, okay? But when I mean bottom tier, they were. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Really? I mean, listen, listen, uh... listen, listen, listen. But I mean respectable. I mean like okay, they're not the fucking like the Hornets of the last like ten so years or something. The Hornets have been bad for a while. They've been pretty bad. 
at least the Bobcats had like a couple playoff runs where you can look back and watch and say, you know, yeah, they roughed them up a little bit. You know, they didn't win, but it was fun. Yes, swept by LeBron. You know what else the Bobcats had, though? The right. worst team in NBA history. That's what I was talking about. They literally have the 7-52, seven, seven bro. 57, sorry, 7-57. I'll never forget that shit. That was the lockout season, too. Yeah, that's the wild, wild part. The lockout season, and you still yep. somehow found a way to win less than 10 games. That's crazy, just bad, bro. bro. And, and, oh, and mind you, the wildest thing about this, this is a Philly fan talking. Trust the process. They won 10 games. <clears throat> they like they couldn't even do that. The Bobcats could not do, do that in a shortened season. I mean, see, here's Wild. The Philly. Like, at least they had the process, and they were actually ended up being good. Like, no, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Thomas no, 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 was, I was just about to kept. Oh no, no, no! I was just about to say that. Dang, Jesus! No, the, at least and at least the process was kind of something you could watch it like a little bit. Like it was like okay, there was something to check it out. But like the Bobcats is like after they. Had that team with a bunch of dogs on, like they had what Corey McGetty, uh, Gerald Wallace, uh, Stephen Jackson. Um, what you got? Ramon Sessions was on that team, I'm pretty sure. They didn't have Josh Childress, or no, <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh no, Childress, no, no. yeah, wait, no, 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 that no. Wasn't Josh Childress was that was Atlanta, Atlanta, oh, that was Atlanta, that, that was, was Atlanta. Fine. He was that with was. there with um, Josh Smith, Josh Smith, and yeah, I saw remember with Jay, Jay Smooth, yep, Jay Smooth, but he just yeah. going to bat with <laughs> Josh Smith, bro. He was supposed to be, he was like that, though. Bro, Josh but Smith, yeah, literally, longer, Josh man. Smith is literally the player that he became good right when the NBA started to transition to an outside game, bro. Like, that's exactly, what's so crazy bro. about it, bro. Like, bro. <laughs> like, that man was a whole menace until everybody started sh- sh- spreading the floor. <laughs> that man was and a Jason whole was like that, man. He was, bro. It was like, yep, the game just changed, though. He man, was like that, one of those that, players affected by it. That's, that's it's like a, a group f- of players. They can just put in that category that really got yep. changed by, like, the play style the NBA where they were good for their time. But, like, the way the game changed, man, yep, they started spreading the floor more. Those Can't bigs became kind of useless. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about Kenneth Reed the other day, but Kenneth Reed was real life a whole beast until, yeah, uh, power forwards had to learn how to spread the floor, and then he literally became useless, and then he became a small ball five. Kenneth Reed could do everything but shoot, but with literally, jump shot. He could literally do everything but had a consistent jump shot. Literally, bro. He part, literally yeah. could do everything. This man was a menace in transition, was a beast going to the rim. He was a solid defender, not a great defender, but a solid defender, a good rebounder. He did everything you want the big to you, except you. <laughs> I have a question. So what? So since we're talking about Kenneth Reed, what did what did Kenneth Reed do that Robert Williams doesn't do? You know what? You're on to something. Well, Robert Williams is a better defender. I give him that. Yeah, like a slightly better defender, but, but I think but, it's pretty big. I think the reason why Ken people don't talk about Kenneth Reed defense is because he kind of came up in the era where, like, I'm trying to th- like his game was all about flash, you know, cut into the rim. If you actually probably go back and watch it defensively, he was not that good. In fact, those Denver Nuggets teams were not that good defensively. They really weren't. Like they were offensive masterpieces, but defensively they were they were not that good. They were below average. But yeah, no, no, the games are very similar. I agree with you. Robert Williams is just the he's he's the clear better defender. And he has a bit of a passing game too. 
Robert Williams is an underrated. He's an underrated passer. But now I feel like um, Kenneth Free game would still be beneficial though. Yeah, I just think he was does, just too small. He does. He yeah. That, that's probably it. But. He's just too small, and like he's literally just not tall enough. Like he was like what six 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 seven. Uh, he was yeah. like Zion's height. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. He was he was he was an undersized four even for back then he was undersized. Just like he was so athletic. It was like athletic. Like, that was the thing. His athleticism made up for it though. He was yeah, so athletic and so tenacious too. Like this man was ridiculous. Like Kenneth Fareed made a regular dunk look wild. Like this man was Montrez Hill before Montrez Hill. Montrez Hill is the definition of this man makes every play he does look ridiculous. Like he's one of the players that literally just mastered that. He he just knows how to make everything he does a highlight. I don't know how the heck he does it. I always take my L's in silence like like my name is Montrez. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no, that game's are actually very similar. Robert Williams is a little bit bigger. Robert, he like what six eight, six nine. He got a little size. He's not like yo, I would have put him at the five, like Ideally, but you could put him there, he'd be fine. Robert Williams, someone else that should have been a wizard. Yep. It's Troy Brown. Yep. The fact that Robert Williams dropped all the way down to the 27th pick is a crime. I wanted the Lakers to take him, but I'm actually not. Well, it worked out for us because, you know. Who who did y'all take that year? Kuzma. Oh, that was the Kuzma. Yeah, that was the Kuzma draft. That was 17. That was the Zoe Kuzma draft. Zoe Kuzma and Josh Hart. So it worked out for us. Didn't quite work out for Boston. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, he's still on Boston. So that's well, already a well, right well, did he win a championship? I mean, of course not. Exactly. Exactly. So it didn't work out for him. Because we, 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 we don't want the green to win a chip over here. They right, could so that- do it just as long as the Lakers do it before him. <laughs> It's so funny how that's actually happened, though. That's hilarious. But, and it's so funny how, like, just talk about perspective before we get on this, because we're getting off track. It's so funny how all the Lakers fans in the finals became Warriors fans because they didn't want the Celtics to win. That was hilarious to me. I'm sorry. I laughed at that. But you do also understand, that, like, like there's a, there was a lot of Laker connections for, for, uh, for, uh, for uh, Golden State, too. So a lot of them, like a lot of them, grew up hating Boston. I mean, yeah. So it, yeah, that yeah, that, that you go. Oh, oh, yeah, Golden State, Oak Arena. That's for the Bay Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But anyway, yeah, let's talk about this Genie cover, man, because Genie Bus is just the master of. She's she's just the master of making bits, man. So. The most consistent, I could see it because I said he played most games out of the big three. You know, he showed up. You know, he played every game he could. He put effort out there. I don't think maximum effort, but he put effort. He tried. So um, I have a question for y'all about the whole wrestling because it just feels like he's staying in L.A. for the moment. Do you, what do you, how do you guys think Darvin Ham is going to figure that out? I have no idea, and I will see it when it happens. 
because I think the only way it works out is if they have Russ shoot corner threes and it's a cutter. Again, Russ shooting is a nightmare, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. The funny thing is, he's Again. actually good at corner threes. He's actually good at shooting those. Again, I have no idea how this is going to work out. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just see it when I see it. Russ just needs to stop doing them pull ups. You be doing. That's bro, what I'm he sorry. Needs to seeing, stop. I'm sorry, bro. I hate to I hate to clown the Lakers, but seeing Westbrook highlights with the Lakers last season was just ah, uh, bro. You mean the lowlights, right? Yeah, low light. Well, yeah. I mean, bro, because like the thing is, the Westbrook, bro, he swim went from like a 2017 MVP to just like what happened, bro? Like I don't know, man. Stop doing bro. the damn pull ups. That's what he needs to stop doing. But if Russ literally eliminated the pull up jumper of his game, he wouldn't be that. He he's not that bad. That's literally what killed him last year. He kept trying to pull up. Russ, that's not your shot, bro. <laughs> he he kept trying to do the Actually, pull up middies and the pull up threes at the top of the key. That's not his shot. Actually, actually, the reason why, at least for me, the reason why I felt like it was just so crazy seeing how Russ played is because he makes those. He may not make them all the time, but he make he he makes them enough to where you have to respect it. He makes that pull up bank shot from from um the, from um the elbow. That was his bread and butter. For some reason, it just wasn't going in in it just wasn't going in last 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 season. It I just. Again, I just I just want to see it on the floor with whoever we got. I don't I I I'm just here. Same thing as I am with Dallas. I'm just here for the vibes. I'm here to be a fan. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I am I'm, <laughs> I'm not drinking. No, no, when I mean it's not his shot. I don't think he of course he can make it. He's an NBA player. He's gonna make it at a decent clip. But when I mean his best shot is the corner three, and him cutting to the rim. That's the two best offensive moves for Westbrook, and he needs to key in on doing those. Of course, I'm not saying complete. He never can eliminate a guy's shot. He's still going to do the pull-up middies and the pull-up threes at the top of the corner and the shots at the elbow. He's still going to do them, but just decrease it. Focus more on the corner three. Focus more on cutting to the rim. Do those shots when you have when you're open, when you're wide open, and you have the confidence you know you're gonna make it. Don't just Russ. The problem with Russ, my biggest problem is that he will literally just do it just to do it. Like if you, in my opinion, watching him, he did a lot of fuck it shots. In my opinion, he did a lot of oh, I'm just gonna do it just to do it instead of get, taking a shot that the defense is giving. He's did a lot of fuck it shots. If it goes in, it goes in. If it don't, it don't. At least I shot it. And that's the attitude that he was given after the game, too. So that that was my biggest problem. Like, bro, don't do that, bro. Come on now. Yeah, you've been in the M- you've been in shit somewhere else. You've been in the NBA too long to be doing that type of stuff. Bro. But like I said, y'all y'all have been able to trade him. You know, freaking Indiana tried to fleece y'all. <laughs> Indiana tried to say, yeah, um, so y'all gotta take uh Daniel Tice. <laughs> like I was like, oh no. Bro. Here's here's what pisses me off about Indiana. Y'all gave away Malcolm Brogdon to Boston for peanuts, but we like, hey, let us get but we don't we don't even care for Miles Turner. Just give us Buddy Healed and y'all like 
No, we need two first-round picks, THT, Austin <laughs> Reeves, Russell Westbrook, $10,000. One of the championship rings, the rings that y'all took from us. Da-da-da-da. I'm like, get out of I really love how all the NBA teams are being petty to the Lakers because they all know that they want to give it a fucking rest. <laughs> like, they all know, like, they're living out their hands and knees, like, Please take Please this. Don't, like, they're, they're that's what's so funny about it. Like, that's literally the part that makes me laugh because it's like, if it wasn't for that, bro, Russell Westbrook would be on another team right now. He would have been traded already. It's just yeah. the fact that everybody knows LA wants him off the team. So, like, all right, bro, we're driving up our asking price. Yeah, we want for, both of them first round picks. You can't just give us one. You got to give us both. We're going to give you some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get Buddy Hill to Miles Turner. You gotta take Daniel Tice on top of that. <laughs> like, bro, what? <laughs> when I read that, bro, I laughed. I said, bro, y'all just being petty. Like you said, but they gave away Malcolm Bogdan for literally nothing. Like, I don't even remember the trade. I literally cannot tell you the trade. I just know that it was boss. They gave up basically players that they weren't even using. They gave up players like freaking what? Well, they gave up niggas that they were deep on the bench that they literally were not giving PT. Like they gave they gave Indiana throwaways. And like a couple picks. That's all. Like, come on now. In my opinion, Balkan Bogdan is a better player than both Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. I could be wrong, but I just see him as a better player than both of them. Wait, is Larry Bird still involved with the with the Indiana Pacers? I think so. Oh, then then that's I. Enough said. Enough said. Think so. I, I mean, I don't see him really being involved with any team. He's from Indiana. No more questions. No more questions. He said, No more questions. He said, I already know. The riddle has been solved. Dun, 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 dun. Basically. Oh, man. But anyway, enough Lakers talk. Last question What is a record that stands today that you never would, that you, what? That you think will never be? Darren, explain that. That wording just kind of made my brain go fry. What the hell? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I know I did not word it wrong. I know. I know. It's just that it's late. Oh, I I, deleted it. But Jesus. What is a record that you think will never be broken? Hmm. I don't think anyone's scoring 100 points in the game. The world Chamberlain record for sure. I don't see anybody. I, 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 I don't points, see it because honestly. one, players don't play. Well, like players play the lowest minutes in the past few decades. It's just a proven thing. Like players are not playing a lot of minutes because teams are more keen on trying to preserve bodies. Um, what you, what did they call this? And load management is a thing now. So like players are not like we're not about to see niggas like fucking like Allen Iverson come on and play like what forty four minutes a game. Like that's just not gonna happen. Like you might see that maybe the playoffs, for like a few games stretch. Like we saw um in twenty one where like um the Bucks and the Nets they only played like seven players and all seven players played like damn near forty minutes each. Like they'll play like in the high thirties low 40s, but that's the playoffs. That's different. You're not going to see in the regular season like freaking in the 2000s when Kobe's playing like 43, 44, 45 minutes a game for a good part of the season. That's never going to happen again. You know, you make a good point about that because it seems like when players are having like these milestone type career type games, coaches take them out don't let them even play, you know, in the quarter they're already blowing out the team. So yeah, 
But when we see like Steph Curry and other players going off, it's like when you want to see like put up more numbers, coaches literally just take them out the game. That's smart, but that's why I feel as though, yeah, that 100 point record. And I feel like now, because coaches don't even let the players even get, you know, stat pad like that no more. Right. To preserve them, like you said, for the health, which that's smart, but it's like, yeah, man, it's like. And to get 100 points in a game, you would have to also get fouled a lot and get sent to free throw and make your free throws. Like, we're talking like, you would have to make more than like maybe 20 free throws. Like we'll talk about like 25, 30 free throws. That's ridiculous. Like imagine getting fouled like more than 10 times in the game. We're talking That'd one player. Perfect, we're not talk, we're talking perfect, one player, like the same player yeah. getting fouled that many times. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, the like, playing style, the way the playing style is, I just don't see that it's happening. Different. Like it's after a, a few times, they would just take that player out the game. Or if he's back in the game, they will not give him the same defensive assignment. He'll just guard someone else. So it's like somebody has to be really hot from three, either really hot from three or really hot for the mid-range. They have to make a lot of free throws, and they have to be in the game for a good portion of the game. Like They have to play almost the entire game because Kobe, those 81 points, it took him basically the entire game to score that. Well, remember when Clay had 60 and Steve Kerr sat him in the middle of the, in the middle of the third quarter. No, it was the end of the third. It wasn't the middle. It was basically the end of the third. Yeah, but either 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 way, he took. Yeah, he didn't play the four. Yeah, he didn't play the four. It was and it was and it was like well, Clay could have way more, but, man. Yeah, but Clay Clay wanted to continue playing because he was like, well, I want to at least break Kobe's record. That would have been something to see, man, to see Clay yeah, that, 81. Yeah, that, that would have been something to see. And it kind yeah, of sucks, goes, though, because, like, we want to see it, you know, yeah, like, we want to see it happen, for sure. More, that goes like, into what Mark was saying, too. Like, nowadays, the coaches, you know, they pull players out even if they still want to play. Like, listen, man, it's not worth it. Like, I feel like that's kind of just the style in now nobody's scoring 100 points. Like, that would have to be <laughs> the most ridiculous game because one, like I said, the players gonna have to play basically the entire, almost the entire game. Like if not the entire game, four, we're talking 40, 44 minutes, and they have to be extremely hot. They have to have got to the free throw line a lot and make all their free throws. I just don't see it happening. I don't see someone scoring hundred points. Maybe someone tying Kobe's, maybe that, or maybe we have a D book situation where this man dropped seventy points. I can see that, like something dropping seventy. Like they get really hot from three, really hot from mid-range, get a lot of free throws, a good amount of free throws. James Harden, if he would have probably made a few more threes that game where he had the 60-point triple-double, he probably could have got 70. He made like probably like three or four more threes, he would have got 70. Because that was the game he was just, the only reason he scored 60 because he made so many free throws. He made like 20-plus free throws. And it's so funny about, about this low management stuff. I think that Derrick Rose injury really goes, like, really proves out how coaches need to take, don't need to keep players in if the game is already one of the all-star players because, let's be real, Tom Thibodeau was, like, one of the main reasons why Derrick Rose went down because Derrick Rose shouldn't have been playing in that, you know, when he tore his ACL, that when he first tore, though. He shouldn't have even been in the game in the first place, though. He just kept on playing Derrick Rose. But that's when the Bulls were, like, at, like, you know, a really good. They were, like, a contender team. And it's probably the closest the Bulls to be ever be to a contender again in a while, you know, just overplaying the players. And we saw it again, again that main example with uh, Joel Embiid, while Doc Rivers kept him in, um, you know, in that uh, Toronto game, and we're like, Embiid's face almost got broken, but he had no business being in that game because, you know, we was just up 27. Like, yeah, we've seen history, how we've been up, low and double digit leads, but let's be real, the Raptors weren't beating us, so 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, players don't need to really, you know, stand for that long to really score that many points these days. It's just, you know, it's just like all about the strategy. That's why I think Will Chamberlain, that record is going to be so significant because it's like, I don't think anyone's ever going to touch that Will Chamberlain record, man. So that's just something that's just going to be like an icon in NBA history, honestly. That iconic record. I'm going to look up how many free throws he made in that game. I think um, when we talk about records that will never be broken, I think that Barry Bonds is both of Barry Bonds' home run records will never be broken. The 72 in, in um, a season. And I think, Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, does he have 756? 756. I still remember that number blazing through my head. Right. You know how I remember that number? Because he broke the record against my Nets. I mean, granted, we won that game. But he still did it on us, bro. He did. But I I don't think anyone will ever break Barry Bonds' home home run home run records. I think I I mean, you would have thought maybe if the COVID year didn't happen, and if Pujols didn't have those injuries, maybe Albert could do it. Because Albert's just about to, Albert's about to hit seven hundred now. Well, he's on the verge of doing it. He's like five away. Um, I think if A Rod didn't get suspended for the PEDs, and if he just didn't get old, then he would have. Then he probably could have done it. But I don't think anyone's breaking 72 in in a in a um season i mean we might see someone get 60 if aaron judge continues on the tear that continues on the tear that he's on but i don't think anyone's going to get 60 i mean i don't think anyone's going to get 72 and i don't think anyone's ever going to reach 756 it's going to it's going to take something gargantuan especially without the use of steroids it's going to take something gargantuan. And I'm going to stick with baseball because I think nobody is beating Cal Ripken's Ironman record of 2,131 consecutive games starting. Ain't nobody touching that. Yeah, no one's doing that. Well, hold on. Uh, Evan, repeat what you said. My bad, I missed it. He's Okay, so Cal Ripken. Has st- mm-hmm. Like Hal Ripken, he has what's known as the Iron Man streak. He started 2,131 games in a row. Yeah, that's Just insane. That's not up. happening. That's not happening. Nobody's breaking that. Nobody's breaking that. That's insane. <laughs> Nobody's breaking that. I, I also don't think that um, – I got to look up and see how many consecutive games that she won. I also don't think that no one's beating Serena's consecutive win streak. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to do that. Nope. That, that that's that was probably one of the most, again, one of the best feats that I've that I had ever seen. Yeah, tennis is not an easy sport to play, y'all. I'll make one good point in uh, really sports. I don't think anyone's ever going to top that fifty and zero boxing record before Mayweather. Yeah, well, Mayweather I was just about, I was just about to bring up Mark. You know I was just about you know to bring what? It's up. so funny we talk about Serena retiring. How like some of the goats should have like retired early though. But Mayweather, he's smart as hell though because he didn't make himself lose. He like took all his fights a really like a smart way, and he stopped. And he didn't care what nobody else said. Like 
because he knew when to stop and everything and they had that perfect 50 and 0 record record in boxing it's like I, I don't really see any other like fighter actually like reaching a straight 50 wins and not taking one l not even like you know like the new um like like the newer like a lot of the newer uh, welterweights it would up. have to take so, another, yeah. it would have to take someone that's truly a generational talent to do that yeah Mayweather a lot bro, of no one's stopping Mayweather too. yeah and that's why Mayweather's like yeah, that, like yeah that's that's another that's yeah. another crazy one, one of the goats yeah mm-hmm. yeah that 50 and 0 record in boxing no no, remember when he would face Manny Pacquiao a few years ago but not the most recent one the one before the recent one everybody was thinking he was about to get knocked out bro Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he still won, yeah. That mm-hmm. was, what, 15, uh, 14, 16? 15, 15, 15. 15, 15 that was 2015. 15, yeah. I remember, 15, I, I remember yeah. me, me and Jeremy went over to a fight party. I remember that fight. It's like, honestly, that fight should have happened much early, like a few years prior, though. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. I I remember that, too. That. I'm surprised uh, it happened that late. Like, I yeah, remember that late. It was, People say and then that the should have happened, like, in 2012, like, more like 2010, 2012, when, like, they were both more, when more, like, Pacquiao was more. Yeah, when they were younger. When they were younger. yeah. But it was still a pretty, like, you know, solid fight. But that 50 and 0 record, I don't see any other, like, really boxer, like, topping that Mayweather. And that's why the really, like, the sport of boxing, really, Mayweather was, like, that last big name that really kept that sport relevant. Because, like, the way he took his fights and, like, he never took that L. And it was always a show he put him on. So, yeah, man. Just got to give, you know, give him his flowers now, for sure. Hold on. I'm about to look up something. I'm about to, I know there's the NBA player who has the longest, like, active streak of not missing a game. I think it's the Lakers. Was it Michael Cooper? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just looked up uh, Serena's record. She won 28 games in, in um, a row, and she completed like she, like she, like she has a feat named, named, named after her, the freaking Serena slam. Like, no one else has that. I mean, Tiger has Tiger proof in golf, like, like golf courses, but no one else has that. But also, just one more thing. AC Green. AC Green, my bad. I'm tripping. Just one more thing as we're talking about the greatest athletes. I'm so sick of seeing these greatest athletes of all time lists, and Michael Phelps is not is not sniffing it. It pisses me off so Because much. people don't appreciate swimming, bro. People don't <laughs> appreciate swimming. People only watch swimming once every four years. Yeah. People, like, a lot of these people have no idea how hard it is to swim competitively. Yep. Because, like, bro, do you know how impossible it is to swim a, to, to swim a 50-meter pool? Because that, that's what he swims in the Olympics. That's an Olympic-style pool. 50 meters, butterfly, in, like, 30 seconds. Do you realize how impossible that is? Mm-hmm. And he just does it no problem. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't. I just don't like the whole. But you can make the GOAT athlete list, but when the majority of them, I don't see Michael Phelps, I'm like, what are y'all doing? He is the most decorated Olympian ever. There's no Michael Phelps got the Olympus buzzing too, because whenever Michael Phelps swam, it was always like a big event. When Michael Phelps was swimming, we were watching. Of course, yeah. This is, me and my mom, we my favorite event, or one of our favorite events to watch is swimming and everything. My mom, she was a good swimmer herself, so she used to love to swim in, like in the Olympics in general. But Phelps, he put on, like, from Maryland for sure. Whenever I used to see Phelps, I'm like, yep, there he goes, representing Maryland. So, yeah, Michael Phelps definitely deserves to be up there. And like you said, he's from the 301 Maryland, like, well, technically 410 for him, but still from the state. So, yeah, <laughs> perfect, 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 perfect respect. Yeah, yeah perfect respect on Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I just love how you did that. I love how you did that. That was great. No, yeah, yeah. Got the DMV, Maryland. Then got Baltimore. So yeah, had to make that clear. But yep. For sure, Michael Phelps, he needs his flowers. Because when Michael Phelps did this one, when he was in his prime, it was a big event. Like, everybody was watching, like, all around, especially as local people. But, yeah, he's international, like, big time, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%, man. You know, it's just like us to make two hours go by like that. We've almost recorded for two hours. And we only plan to make this a one-hour thing. So, that's how it be. But, um, appreciate everybody checking us out. Continue to show us love. Like I said, we get it back on it. We get it back on consistency on the grind. We're about to hit two years pretty soon. We're about to hit the 100 episode pretty soon. So got some things planned. Continue to show, show us love. Continue to spread love. And we're going to keep doing this thing, man. We're not stopping no time soon. Y'all got anything y'all want to say for the people before we clock out for the week? Shout out to St. Gene Segur. He is the MVP in Philly tonight. Gene Segur, shout out to him. Ring the bell. That walk over, something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, Commanders no, no. fans, hide your shampoo bottles. Trevor is coming. <laughs> Happy birthday, Rudy, you baby back hoe. I hope you enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah, we're going to see that man tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I was just about to ask y'all off the um joint before we done. Well, we might have to edit this part out anyway. Y'all going to that dinner tomorrow, right? Yep. I'm a, uh, yep, yep, yep. I'm gonna head up there too. I'm, I'm probably there. already gonna. I'm probably already gonna be up over there. Cause I'm. I'm gonna head up there probably around like six thirty ish. Yeah, yeah, I'm heading up there. I just work. don't know where it is. Oh, out back. Oh, wait. Out back. Out back of Under Mills. Yeah, I'm gonna just uh, look it up on a map. Right. Cause right. I've never been there before. Yeah, cause I've never been there. But I'll find it. You I know, know exactly where. I know exactly where it is. Yeah, that, that. I'll see y'all. Yup. Yeah, most likely I'll just hit y'all up when I get there anyway. Yeah. yeah. I feel as though I see the outback all the time whenever I'm up in the Rondo Mills. We literally so, just never like, go there. We yeah, just never go like there. Yeah, it's like right by the uh isn't it like by the um the Dave and um Dave and Busters is it like kind of like on that same strip or is it I think it's like a, I think it's uh, it, it's over there around it's over there around the mall area. Yeah, yeah it's mall around area. the mall area, but it's like the out south skirts. It's like like close if you want to go like where the McDonald's and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll it's not connected it, to the actual mall, but it's a part of the mall because it's kind of like standing alone by itself. I know, I know exactly yeah. where it's at. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Kind of sits alone, kind of like how other shopping centers are. Yup, I'll find it. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to see no, squad no, tomorrow I'll, for sure. I'll definitely yeah. pop out. Yup, I am. Bet, bet. Mm-hmm.